0: Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. Today is a bonus episode with licensed professional counselor Maisie Robinson. Maisie and I discuss how anxiety may be manifesting itself in your life during these days of unknowns, and then we discuss some ideas to help you manage it. Before we jump in, I want to invite you to participate in one practice that helps me. Pick a short Bible verse that confirms God's presence in your life. I often choose Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. Now close your eyes. As you breathe in, say... Be still and know. As you breathe out, say that I am God. Do that with me a few times as I say Psalm 46:10. Be still and know. I am God. Be still and know. I am God. Now on to today's conversation. Good morning, Maisie. Thank you so much for joining me for the Grace Enough podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and we always just get started allowing our guests to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Yes, yes. I would love to. So I am Maisie Robinson. I am a licensed professional counselor and speaker here in Atlanta, Georgia. I specialize in helping women discover their true voice as they navigate self-worth, self-esteem challenges, relationship concerns, and life stage transitions. I'm also the founder and director of Cultivate. Uh, through our counseling center and our gatherings for women, cultivate encourages women to cultivate joy, courage, and freedom in their lives as they pursue emotional and spiritual health. We believe that all women deserve access and opportunity the access to uh, excellent, affordable counseling and the opportunity to uh, live free of old habits and old hurts. Uh, and so that's a little bit about myself and a little bit bit about Cultivate. I'm also married. I've been married for 17 years. It'll be 17 years uh, this summer. I feel like that is very grown up. Like, I know, right?
0: <laughs> you are now, you're well into your teenage years.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Real adults. That's big time stuff. That's um, right. That's right. But uh, yeah, so it'll be 17 years this summer. And then I have two little boys or we have two little boys. Uh, an eight-year-old who will be nine next week, and then a four-and-a-half-year-old. And, And, you know, like everybody else, we're just kind of (laughs) day-to-day trying to survive and thrive as best we can in
0: um, kind of a crazy time. The current situation is just so interesting. That brings up, are are you doing a lot of your practice online now?
1: Yes. And so I have transferred all of my clients to either phone or video sessions, which has been a significant adjustment for me because I've always done in-person counseling. I'm a big believer of being in the room, you know, and so just literally overnight um, switching to phone and video was a little bit of like whiplash for me. But uh, my clients and I, we are adjusting yeah. and we're doing the best we can, and we're all figuring out where to click and how to log on. And so um, now in week three of this, which it just astounds me that I said week three, because oh. that's crazy. Now in week three of this, I, I feel like there's a little bit of a rhythm, and, and myself and my clients are used to it. But it was a, it's a big change for me, because I've never done virtual therapy before. I've always done in person, so...
0: Right. Well, and I haven't heard so much about Atlanta area. How is it there? I mean, I'm assuming because you're a large city, everything is shut down. I mean, we're on a mandate here to be at home um, Uh in Raleigh, but I'm just curious. Yes. So
1: Atlanta issued a shelter down ordinance about a week ago. Yeah, Um, Yeah. So things are, are, pretty serious here. Um, I actually got out and drove around on Saturday for the first time in like a week or more. And, you know, in some respect, it just felt so normal to be in the car. And it was a very pretty day here on Saturday. And it felt so normal to be in the car and to driving and just driving around. And I really wasn't going anywhere. Right. <laughs> was oh, yeah. Driving- <laughs> but then it was also surreal to drive down the street and to see all these businesses closed and the parking lots empty. And so it it's just bizarre. It's really just bizarre. But the city is very, very quiet, yeah. kind of
0: just eerily so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems to be the case in most cities and really anywhere right now. Well, you're here today really to talk about some aspects of mental health during this time. And so something that we're all hearing or reading on a daily basis during this quarantine and unknowns is just the rise in anxiety in people. Uh And so talk to us a little bit about anxiety and what you have seen as a counselor during these times. And really, I think sometimes we don't even know quite how to identify that in ourselves.
1: Yeah. And I think that it's such an important question. It's such an important topic for us to be talking about, because obviously with what's going on with the virus, we're very concerned about our physical health. That's why we're self-isolating. But the, the mental health aspect of this is very significant because one, we're living in very stressful times and we're having to isolate from connection and relationships. And so that's hitting us on multiple levels. And one of the things that I've been communicating to clients and talking with other people about is that if you are feeling anxious right now, that's normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if your anxiety is elevated right now, That's normal. And the reason for that is because we are living in very stressful, anxiety-inducing times because what we're living in is filled with uncertainty, you know? Um, there are enormous unknowns. We don't know when the shelter in place orders and the self isolation and the social distancing will end. There's uncertainty about our physical health. We don't know what's going to be the economic and financial impact of it. Um, we're physically isolated from loved ones and friends and coworkers. Even if your coworkers annoyed you, you'd probably love to see Karen write about <laughs> <right> about <now. laughs> <laughs> um, so, so there's just an enormous amount of uncertainty and unknowns right now. And the thing that we have to understand is that the way that our brain works, our brain's main job is to keep us alive. That's our brain's main job. And and the way our brain does that is that it's constantly assessing if we're in danger or if we're okay. And one of the things that our brain perceives as dangerous to our being and our security is uncertainty. So whenever our brain perceives that we are being faced with uncertainty, with change, with something that is outside of our control, our brain registers that as a threat to our being, and our brain immediately sends us into fight fight, or freeze mode. Mm -hmm also known as our anxiety response. And so thus... We are feeling anxious all the time, and you know. And for a lot of us, we we're going to feel physical symptoms. You may feel like your heart is just constantly racing. You may feel that adrenaline kind of just coursing through your veins. You may not be sleeping well because you have so much adrenaline coursing through your brain or through your veins. Excuse me. Um, for some of us, we may have digestive issues right now because mm-hmm. when we're in fight or flight mode, our bodies don't digest food in the same way. Uh, we may have trouble. Remembering things right now or focus because when we're in fight or flight mode, our brains don't cognitively think in the same way in terms of recalling information, because if you think about it, your brain's like you got to survive this moment. It doesn't matter what you need to do two weeks from now. You have to survive this moment. Mm -hmm. And so I've really just been encouraging people with kind of just these facts of if you're feeling anxious, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not doing something wrong. You're not having not enough faith. You're not, right. it's, it's not an issue of you're not trusting enough. Your brain understands that this is a serious, uncertain situation. And so your brain perceives it as something that you need to be anxious about. And I think just under, cause I think sometimes we can have anxiety about our anxiety, Yes. you know? Yes. <laughs>
0: We and, can and make we get, it, we can ramp it up.
1: Right. And so I think it's just helpful if we're like, okay, I'm feeling anxious, but that's a normal, natural response right now. And then kind of, I don't want to go too much on a tangent here, but then I think it's once we kind of grasp that truth, I think it's helpful then to understand, well, how does my anxiety manifest in my life? Well, that's you know, what I was
0: going to say. It's good to hear you say anxiety does not always present itself as like a full-on panic attack, right? Like I used to think, I mean, I'm not an overly anxious person, but when I do, what I've discovered is how it plays itself out is not maybe your most typical, for example, the digestion, the heart pounding. Um, And that didn't start happening to me until the last three to four years, Which was like, well, why all of a sudden is anxiety now presenting itself in my heart's beating out of control? Mm -hmm. So there's all of those things that are just, yeah, very strange.
1: Yes. And I think one of the things that can give us a healthy sense of control is understanding how our anxiety comes out. In our life you know right now there's so much outside of our control Um, and so identifying what are the things I know what are the things I can control that can be just such a helpful coping mechanism you know for a lot of people their anxiety will manifest as anxiety they're gonna worry they're gonna feel anxious they're gonna feel nervous but for a lot of other people their anxiety may manifest in frustration in irritation in feeling annoyed in being impatient. Um, I know from, for myself that is often, yeah, right. Like I'm raising my hand if people could see it right now, that is often how my anxiety manifests is I just, I get more easily frustrated. And so that has been something over the past three weeks. I've really, I, I don't always do a good job. Uh, my family can attest, but I have, I'm at least trying to really be aware that when I get frustrated at times it's often because in that moment i'm feeling really anxious and so it might feel really good in that moment to snap at someone but that's not necessarily the most productive response and so so it's really for myself it's been learning to okay let me just take a minute, I'm feeling really frustrated. I know that's how I'm feeling, but I know that frustration is often really anxiety for me. So what is it that I'm feeling really anxious about? And that is what I need to share with someone. That's what I need to talk about. That's what I need to let out because just snapping at someone and kind of projecting and offloading that emotion, it might feel good in the moment, but it's not productive in any way long term for some people their anxiety can manifest in um withdrawing. They become paralyzed, they underfunction, they just mm. I, I don't even know where to start with the homeschooling. I, do we start with language arts today? You know, like do we start with math? I don't even know. Yeah.
0: You know? Amen. Sister.
1: And, and, <laughs> right. And um And and so that withdrawing and and under functioning on the opposite side of the coin I think for some people their anxiety can manifest in over functioning. They're they're gonna clean the house. 14,000 times and they're going to hover too much around the homeschooling or they're going to, you know, kind of over function. And then for some people, their anxiety can manifest in, um, in sadness. And I think that's where we see depressive feelings and anxiety being mm-hmm. such close cousins, yeah. um, if you will, that they, they often show up together.
0: Well, and once we really identify how it manifests itself and really in this stage in all of our lives, it's good to have practices because like you said, most people at some moment during the day is dealing with a form of anxiety, whether it's super small in air quotes or, you know, just off the charts. Right. What are some practices, some tools that we can put into place in our daily lives to just help us to deal with it in a healthy way?
1: Yes. So I think that's a good question. And, you know, for everybody, it's going to look different for them, but I think there are some general things that we all can practice. And so, at the top of the list, and I know we've all heard this, so I don't, I don't mean to repeat something that we've heard. But I think structure is good. Um, as human beings, even if you are the most spontaneous, loosey-goosey person, and you never want to be held down by anything, mm-hmm. um, as as human beings, we crave comfort and certainty and structure. And what recent events have done is they've just taken all that and thrown them up in the air. And so if you can try to create some sort of structure and routine in your day, um, that is, would be so beneficial because it sends a message to your mind of, okay, we're not in control of a lot of things, but we're in control of when we eat lunch. And I know I'm going to eat lunch at 12 o'clock and count on that. Also, if you have small children, children just do better in structure. They feel safer. They feel more secure. And so some sort of structure. And I always uh, say this kind of being funny, but also kind of being serious, <laughs> serious that, um, you know, at the top of that structure is showering every day. Mm. And, and and I often will encourage people, you know, in the morning. And the reason for that is because it's a way of sending a message to our mind that, okay, the wheels may have fallen off the car, but we are still, I am still worth taking care of in the most basic of way. And so showering every day, changing your clothes every day, even if it's just changing from one pair of stretchy pants to another pair <laughs> of stretchy <laughs>
0: pants, you know. <laughs> um, yes, sister. Yes. yes. <laughs> right.
1: Um, eating three meals a day uh, at the same time, you know, anything to create structure. I think also in the big picture of it is to try to make your weekends different than your weekdays. And so to change the structure and routine of of your weekends. So maybe less social media, not Mm -hmm. opening your computer for work, maybe planning a special dinner, you know, on Saturday night we're going to grill out, you know, it's amazing how if you just give your mind a little something, it will look forward to it. And and being able to look forward to something is a wonderful coping mechanism right now. But so structure and routines always at the top of my list. Um, I think also just to expand a little bit on what I was saying earlier, just trying to to become more emotionally aware so that we are aware of what we're putting out there emotionally and we can share more accurately what we're feeling. You know, now is not the time to stuff our feelings. We're feeling too much. There's, there's too much, to emotionally respond to. And so now is not the time to to stuff it and not bring it up and or think I'm just not going to deal with it. I'm going to sweep it under the rug. It's really important for us to process our fears, to process our worries, to be emotionally honest with those we are close to in our lives right now. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I saw somebody post something on social media about um, how what's the point of worrying it doesn't change anything and and that is very true, like me worrying about x, y, and z isn't going to change x, y, and z, but I also think worrying is just being emotionally honest to some degree. You know if I send my friend a text that says uh today I'm just so I'm feeling really nervous about blank. That's me being emotionally honest. That's me being vulnerable and no, me worrying about it. Isn't going to change the situation, but admitting it is, is a way of releasing and processing it. And it does take the pressure out of the system, if you will. Um, Cause just stuffing our feelings, it's like filling a tire with too much air and eventually we're going to pop. Well, you know? and
0: I think something about worry too is It's so easy to throw these like Bible verses, particularly as believers. Well, in God's word, it says, do not worry. That's right. right. But what God is ultimately saying is, trust me, come to me with your worries. Not, I mean, I don't know anybody who you look at and you say, oh, do not worry. And that solves their problem yeah exactly- I mean, do not look at pornography, oh, that solves their problem. Oh, do not you know stay up until midnight like that just telling somebody to do not do something doesn't elicit a response
1: exactly, and if we aren't emotionally honest with ourselves of you know today's a bad day, today I'm feeling really sad, today I'm feeling so anxious, I could crawl out of my skin if we don't practice that emotional awareness and emotional honesty, then we really don't have anything to pray about. There's nothing to bring to God and Mm. to surrender to God because we haven't even admitted it to ourselves to then release it. And so, you know, particularly right now in our lives, there is such an important connection between our emotional and our spiritual health because we need both and we have to be aware of what we're feeling in order to engage both. So that awareness around our feelings, I think also, uh, being aware of what we're thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, our thinking, our thoughts and our feelings are so closely intertwined and just being aware of when our thinking does start to go down negative rabbit holes, which it it is going to, that's Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's natural for us to think of the worst case scenarios right now. It's natural for us to feel critical of others. It's it's natural for some of us to feel critical of ourselves. Why can't I get this routine down? Why can't I figure out this homeschooling? And so just being very aware of when our thinking is turning negative and reminding ourselves of truth. I'm doing the best that I can. This is so unknown. I've literally never lived through this before, so I'm not going to get it right, even on week three, and just really being aware um, of that thinking.
0: What do you feel about people needing to get outside? Do you encourage your, you know, your clients? Because I feel like, for me, going outside and even, I mean, putting my bare feet on the ground, I mean, that can sound so... You know, some people are like, oh, so earthy. And I'm like, well, actually, that is God's creation. And sometimes just being out in it and taking it in. Yes. Changes yes. you.
1: Yes, I completely agree. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I was forgetting to mention that. And then this other thing about we we have to be in connection with people right now. Um, but yes, the going outside, we we have to go outside every day, even if it's just walking up and down your driveway or walking around your house, being outside and that fresh air and change of scenery from your painted walls in your house. Wow. Vitamin um, and then D. It, exactly. Particularly on sunny days, getting that vitamin D, it is amazing. Like just observing it in myself, how much that is a game changer in my day. Wow. Um, it, it's almost like re it's almost like pressing the, the reset button. Um, if I can get outside, go for a walk. Um, or even just sitting in the sun you know on our patio for a little bit it's so so important to to get outside. I posted something last week uh, about this that you know every day we need to get outside, and if you don't feel if you don't feel like you want to go outside, then that's the day you really need to go yeah. outside <laughs> yeah, you know, but then the other thing, and I can't believe I forgot to mention this. Uh, as kind of numero uno, it is so important that we stay connected to people. Mm -hmm. You know, thank goodness we do live in an age where there is all of this incredible technology where you can call, you can text, you can FaceTime, you can Zoom, you can Marco Polo. And it is so important that every day we are talking. And if we can video seeing someone because we are not designed to be physically isolated and even if you are isolated with your family that's still isolation and that that in of itself is kind of a different stress because you're with (laughs) all the time and I was telling I was telling a friend of mine last week I I said you know even ma and pa Ingalls did not spend this much time together Uh, like right Even in the dead winter, Pa had to leave the cabin to go do stuff, you know? And so, but the maintaining connections with people is, man, that's the lifesaver right now.
0: Well, and not mistaking communication on um, on social media as true Mm -hmm. connection, because I think it's real easy right now to be like, oh, well, I got on there and chatted with somebody I don't really know. No, we're talking about like, Who's your friend? Who are the people that you can actually feel like you're vulnerable with? Um, More of that and actually probably less of the social media. Yeah, exactly.
1: Connection with people who know you because everyone wants to hear from somebody. You know, that is uni- that's always universal, but that is really universal um, right now. I had a friend who I haven't talked to in a while. We're both busy, kind of schedules never match up. One of those type situations, even though you live only down the street from one another. But she called and left me a voice message last week, just like, I'm thinking of you. How are you doing? And I almost started crying hearing the voice message because I was like, oh, my goodness. Someone's thinking of me. <laughs> <laughs> It was just so nice to get the the voice message. And so everybody's needing and wanting that right now. And it's just, it's so important to our mental health to talking to folks.
0: Well, and as I was talking earlier about how, you know, we have these certain, as Christians, um, which is who the majority of my listeners are, these verse, you know, do not worry. Well, there's also the common verse, 2 Corinthians ten five, that can just roll off of our tongues. You know, we demolish, well, maybe not this part, but we demolish mm-hmm. arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient, obedient to Christ. And while we can be very familiar with that verse, it is mm-hmm. much more challenging
1: to yeah. practice
0: what that verse says. And so share with us some common unproductive thought patterns and, you know, how can we overcome those to walk in joy and freedom, particularly in this time?
1: Yes, that's such a great question. And, you know, when we are anxious, our thinking has a tendency to go towards the negative, which is, is not helpful because it just then makes our anxiety worse. But the reason it does that is it, it goes back to our brain and this whole survival response because your brain, you know, when it senses a, da- a quote-unquote dangerous situation it you know it thinks if I you know if I can think of the worst thing that can happen and then I can figure out how to survive that then we'll be okay so that's why your brain tends to go to the negative when we're already Mm -hmm. anxious and so it's then that we really do have to practice the truth of this verse which is taking every thought captive really becoming aware of what we're thinking recognizing whatever mistruth is in the thought and then replacing it with truth. And one of the ways that can be really helpful in taking these thoughts captive is understanding that our thinking really often falls along a pattern. And if you can identify the pattern that you're engaging in, it is much easier than to recognize the mistruth and to be like, oh yeah, I'm doing all or nothing thinking right now. So some common unproductive thought patterns that we fall into is all or nothing thinking, um, kind of this black and white, Thinking Everything is all bad. This is the worst ever. Nothing's ever going to be bad like it was. Everything's over. Um, there's nothing good in this, you know, kind of that that all or to the other side kind of the denial of the reality of this, like, it isn't that bad. And you just got to be thankful and grateful and keep that positive attitude. Um, And that's the only way you're going to get through this. (laughs) You know, how we want to counteract that all or nothing thinking is find the, the middle, find the gray. And, and really how I like to think of it is, living in the duality of this experience this experience is really hard it is like nothing we've ever experienced before it is scary in a way that we've never experienced fear before and there are some some little gifts in it families are getting to spend more time together you know we're we're learning how to do things that we've never done before which learning is always good that's how we grow right? right um and so it's learn it's learning to live in the duality of "I don't like this season and I'm grateful for x, y, and z mm-hmm. and we can guide ourselves to that middle ground, it can really be so powerful. Another common unproductive thought pattern is focusing on the negative. And this is kind of linked to the all or nothing, but just only seeing the negative in the situation and discounting any positive. In our normal life, when we're not living in the days of coronavirus, an example I might give would be if you got an evaluation at work and you got one four and the rest fives and you just obsessed over that Mm 4 And so kind of discounting any compliments or positive attributes and just focusing on on the negative, that definitely makes our anxiety um, worse. And so what we want to try to do when we recognize, okay, I am only focusing on the negative. I'm catastrophizing here. We want to really remind ourselves that we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know the end of the story. Uh, Remind ourselves of the things that are good in our lives and remind ourselves in a way that does not shame ourselves. You know, Mm. like I should be grateful that I have food in my refrigerator because there, I know there are people in my city who don't right now. And that is true. But when we shame ourselves into positive thinking or gratitude, it's really counterproductive. And so we want to identify the positive and the things we're grateful for without shaming ourselves into that place. Another common pattern that I think a lot of moms are probably falling into right now, dads, I don't want to discount you, but um, is shoulding. I Mm. should be this i should be doing that sally sue down the road has created a 2 hour scavenger hunt for her children today and she posted about it on social media and oh, i should a scavenger so true. hunt and i should be reading the classics to my children right now and taking advantage of this time at home and just that shoulding, which is linked to comparison mm-hmm. and the shooting really beats us up it really beats up our soul and and right now, because oftentimes we do kind of escape and numb with social media, it's really easy to fall into the shooting because we're seeing what other people are doing. But we want to remind ourselves when we hear that thinking that I'm doing the best that I can, I'm doing something new, and I'm learning as I go. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to do it the same way as Sally Sue or Julie Jane, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> do it differently and my family's life right now may not include scavenger hunts and that's okay that doesn't mean that I'm a neglectful mom or I'm not carpe d d m I can't say it correctly but I'm not seizing the moment of corona living that's you right. know
0: <laughs> so but yeah and rest think, assured they're not all the time either <laughs> exactly. none of us exactly. are
1: but, um, but yeah, the shooting I think is really big for moms in particular. I know I've heard that. And I think that's closely linked with some inner critic stuff, which is a, another common pattern. You know, whenever we are doing something new, our inner critic always shows up. And, and that's just gonna happen. Like, it it is. Because we're doing something new, we're uncertain. And so it just opens that door to feeling incompetent and inadequate. And the inner critic saying, you don't know what you're doing, and you're not strong enough to survive isolation for X number of weeks. And you're not smart enough to figure out how to homeschool. And your inner critic can really just start beating you up. Mm -hmm. And, And I think really being aware of that and and practicing that self-compassion, receiving the grace that God is already giving us, and reminding ourselves, again, I'm doing something new. I'm not going to know how to homeschool on day three. We're doing okay. It's a new routine. It's a new schedule. Every day is a new opportunity to tweak and change what didn't work yesterday and, and really just— loving ourselves and handling ourselves with a lot of grace in the same way that God loves and and handles us. Because that shooting and that inner critic can really ramp up our anxiety and our frustration level. And then that's when we get impatient and snap and the whole thing just falls apart.
0: Yeah, well, and we'll close out with three things that maybe that you are doing personally, and that I am doing personally. And these are not necessarily things that everybody else should be doing. <laughs> Just right. talking yeah. about getting away from those shoulds. But yeah. for me, I have three kids at home, and now my husband's home full time as well. And mm-hmm. uh, my greatest struggle is self-control, outbursts of anger, and part of that is how my anxiety displays itself. Like I don't have control right now, and and so for me, the if I had to choose three things. I am making sure that part of my daily routine does include stopping for some silence and solitude and prayer time three times a day. And again, this is not a formula for people. I'm sharing this because it's something that I personally have learned that if I just slow down and am quiet, that that's when I can actually hear the voice of the Lord saying things like, you are forgiven. Yes, yes. My grace is sufficient. Yes. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And so that is one practice that I am doing, getting outside every day. Sometimes that's just a walk. Other Mm -hmm. times it's even just sitting on my porch. Sometimes it's intentionally on my walk, looking around and saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to choose 10 things that I am grateful for right now in your creation. Mm -hmm. I'm just because that helps me to be grounded, to be centered in the Lord and then the third thing is putting my, what, I can't remember if it's Andy Crouch or, I, I don't know who says this, but parenting my phone. So oh, uh-huh. my phone goes to bed early before I go to bed and it wakes up late. Yeah, um, I love, And so I just plug it in when I put the kids to bed and I don't look at it again. And then I get up and make sure that I'm reading scripture and spending time with the Lord um, before I would let it wake up. And that's just for me, a way that I'm learning. And I honestly think I will carry it into the day. So that's the things that's the beauty of, or the hopeful expectation of some of the great things that can come out of our time, you know, coronavirusing or whatever you want to call it. But um, those are three practices that I would say right now I'm being diligent about. Uh, what about you?
1: I love those. Those are all so very good. And so important. One for me is the showering. It's like such, it sounds like such a silly thing, but there's something about showering every morning because I showered every morning to go to work, you know, that it gives me a sense of normalcy and a sense of yesterday was yesterday and today is today and it's a new day and I can try again and I can try to tweak things that didn't work yesterday, but today is a new day. So it's really kind of like washing off the the old day. So mm-hmm. the showering is really helpful for me. I would also echo the getting outside, whether it is for a walk or s- just sitting outside and watching the kids play or sitting down with my husband or just sitting myself. Um, but the getting outside is really, really helpful for me. And then the other one is playing games. You know, that has been something that um, I've been w- playing more games with with my boys, you know, we're, right. we're like 5 million tournaments into phase 10 and Rummy cube, right? Oh,
0: yeah, girl, I need to pull out phase 10. That's a good cue for me. I keep forgetting about phase 10. Oh yeah,
1: we're we're all about some phase ten in the Robinson household right now, um, but that has really been good for me because just in my normal life, I forget to play mm-hmm. because you know I got to get this done and email this person back and work on this and and so play. If I'm just like really honest, is something that in my adult life has kind of fallen by the wayside, which is not good, um, but I recognize it and so having play enter into this really stressful time has actually been really good. And so my kids and I play a game or two, um, depend or three, depending on, you know, time of the day every day. And that is, uh, restorative to my soul.
0: Well, I know that you all are putting out some free resources on Cultivate. Um, can you share those with our listeners as we say goodbye?
1: Yes, I would love to. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yes, so we have actually just released a guide to unproductive Thought Patterns. So it talks about uh, some of the ones that I discussed today, but it also gives several others, and it explains the, the thought pattern, and then it also explains how to correct the thought pattern. Um, and so you can find it on our on the homepage of our website. Our website is cultivateatlanta.com, and if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you'll see the little form you can fill out. You just have to enter your name and your email address, and then the, the guide will be emailed directly to your inbox and you can check it out and hopefully it will serve as a resource and um, as a source of help and encouragement to you in these days.
0: Well, Maisie, thanks so much for taking the time to meet with me. Thank you for having me.
1: I love chatting with you. This has been so fun for me. So thank you.
0: And as we end, let's take a moment to end our episode with another verse. Psalm 139.5 You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Take a deep breath in as I read this over you. You hem me in, behind and before, and as you breathe out, and you lay your hand upon me. Do that again with me. You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me.